3: Welcome into Fantasy Sports and here on Sport Crit, I'm Craig Mish along with Davis Maddock. We're going to go over the Open Championship, which is underway. We'll have live scoring updates for you, a little DFS baseball, some fantasy football here on the show as well. Davis, great to be with you. Uh, good morning. I know that the Open Championship is your focus right now. And, you know, certainly let's check in immediately and see, you know, what you think thus far.
4: Yeah, I've been uh, been up since really early here Central Time, watching uh, watching the golf over there at St. Andrews, the one hundred and fiftieth Open Championship, and uh, the weather was really really calm this morning over in. England, uh, you know, eight, nine, ten miles an hour wind. Pretty, pretty chilly over there. Uh, these guys wearing hoodies and stuff like that. But the wind is picking up now. Uh, Cameron Young is atop the leaderboard, eight under par. Rory McElroy, six under par. Cameron Smith five under par. Then we have a group of five guys at four under par, and then a huge group at three under par. Uh, Some notable names who are are struggling. Uh, Brooks Koepka is having a a tough time. Sergio Garcia having a tough time early on here. Uh, Ernie Els, though. Ernie Els did make an appearance up at the top of the leaderboard. And probably my favorite thing about the Open Championship is one of these 55-year-old guys plays a couple of rounds under par. Easily my favorite thing about the Open.
3: Yeah, always seems to happen for sure. Justin Rose will not be a part of the festivities. Let's get to our headlines. He has withdrawn from the Open Championship. And so updates throughout the day, of course, here on Sports Grid. who's doing what, as they are underway at St. Andrews. Johnny Gaudreau signs with the Columbus Blue Jackets in NHL free agency. Davis and I will touch more on this. The Blue Jays fire manager, Charlie Montoyo. John Schneider, their bench coach takes over there. Uh, 10 Kansas City Royals, my gosh, they'll miss the series in Toronto due to vaccine laws. Also uh, Mariners win their 10th in a row orioles win their 10th in a row yesterday and so uh two baseball stories let's get to them here davis let's uh first touch on the blue jays i know that you and i both thought that the blue jays would be a very good team this season they've been okay clearly not as good as they wanted to be i don't know that this is going to make any sort of difference here but again what happens in reporting is that naturally when somebody gets fired, then all of a sudden the stories come out and they need to do leadership, issues in the clubhouse. You hear all these things afterwards. You, you know, sometimes you don't hear them before. Uh, yeah, I think Montoya will probably end up getting another job in the big leagues, but clearly with the squad that Toronto had and the money they spent, they had higher expectations to this point.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, I I kind of feel the same way I feel about uh, you know when Girardi got let go by the Phillies, like how much is a manager really impacting stuff day to day? And if look, if the players don't like him, you're you're paying more money to to Bichette and Vlad and those guys than you are paying to the manager, so it's easy to get rid of the manager there. I mean, I I would say it's not Charlie Montoya's fault that the team does not have a single good left-handed hitter right uh from a team construction perspective they their jays are absolutely set up to destroy left-handed starting pitching who's their best left-handed hitter Raimel tapia kaban biggio like you know that that's a huge error um from from a team construction perspective not really his fault i i saw the blue jays fans don't really love the way montoya was handling the bullpen but again that's probably stuff he's getting fed from the front office. And Craig, a, a baseball right. story we didn't mention on the show. I don't know how you didn't bring this one up to me, but Jonathan VR, a guy I've always loved for fantasy, got traded to the Angels. How did we how did we not cover this one on the show that Jonathan VR oh, got yeah, traded to know. the Angels?
3: Yeah, I saw him uh, in Miami uh, last week when the Angels played the Marlins. He actually led off. Um, all right, so now uh listen, from a DFS perspective, obviously that hit, this hits big season long too. 10 royals davis uh not getting vaccinated and are not going to play in uh in toronto now what's really interesting about this were some of the quotes that came out and let's far be it from me to go through this whole you know choice situation here
2: sure, but sure, sure.
3: It, 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 it sort of alluded to the fact at least from whit merrifield that if the team was playing better then maybe they would have done it or something along those lines like that that was the stunner of me to hear that one
4: Um, I mean, I thought the the most surprising thing about the whole, and not surprising, but just the most like rolled my eyes was when Whit Merrifield said, "Yeah, like oh yeah, if if I was you know if I was playing for the Yankees and they might play Toronto in the playoffs, then I'd get vaccinated." But the Royals, they they stink. So what's the point, right? Like that's really that's effectively what Whit said was basically the Royals stink. So I don't care if I can't play in Toronto, but if I play it on a good team, I would care. Good good riddance, Whit. Good riddance, Benintendi you know we we don't we don't need you we got we got Bobby Wood Jr we got Vinny Pasquianto uh we got MJ Melendez who also was not vaccinated but we'll we'll deal with that at a later date
3: yeah i i think the the interesting part too is that uh if the if the Yankees or the Red Sox uh you know or even the Rays Davis if they were to consider trading for Whit Merrifield or Andy or any of those other players on Kansas City I mean, there the the chance the possibility would exist that they would not be able to play in the postseason if Toronto ends up making it. So I mean, I, I, yeah. So I'm not sure if uh, if this is going to be able to work itself out, but we will see. We also have uh, one trade in Major League Baseball today. Uh, New York Yankees have acquired uh, Tyler Wade. Is this from the Wade. Angels, Brett? Is this from the? Yeah. yeah okay. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, he was was previously on the Yankees, if I'm not mistaken, last year too. So, all right, we will take a quick timeout here on the show. We will come back and do a little DFS baseball, so make sure you stay on the grid for that. Big pitching matchups tonight, but it looks like a lot of the hitters are what Davis is targeting coming up. So, get out your DraftKings apps. We're going to help you set your lineup there. Also, talk some fantasy football. Get closer and closer to training camps opening as well. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
0: Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house.
3: It's your home. The place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out. To the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots. Trust Amica Home Insurance.
1: Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese, you did it! You stumped this charming devil.
3: Time to take a look at the drafting plate in Major League Baseball and daily fantasy here on this Thursday. Craig Mitchell, along with Davis Maddock, here on the show. Uh, so, Davis, a lot of options here, as always, here uh, on the program on Thursday. You know, yesterday was go big pitching. That certainly worked out. Today, it looks like a couple of uh, $5,000 players, I, I think, I see in the lineup here. So, a little bit of a different approach. Am I right about that?
4: Yeah, well, uh, the the starting pitching pricing is just a little bit more flat today. We have Corbin Burns, who is $10,600. Uh, I just don't like to use starting pitchers against San Francisco. They are so annoying. I mean, they got to be one of the most annoying teams to pitch against. Just uh, a lot of low strikeout guys, a lot of guys who make a lot of contact. So I'm going on the other side of that game with Carlos Radon at 9300. I think the Brewers are a better offense to be certain, but they have a little bit more swing and miss. And Radon, I mean, his numbers this season are just, I mean, what a what a free agency acquisition by by uh, the San Francisco Giants. I mean, Carlos Redon, he had 45 DraftKings points. He had a complete game, 12 strikeout game against the san diego padres in his yeah. last start like there there's no slowing this guy down so love him there uh and then you know we kind of have i we have these are these are kind of what i call better real life pitchers than dfs pitchers Framber valdez tyler anderson louis castillo Nestor cortez johnny cueto like all guys who can get a quality start right five six innings four or five strikeouts two or three earned runs but don't really have that huge ceiling uh, so for our second pitcher, we are going to go with Tristan McKenzie today. He is eighty three hundred against the Detroit Tigers. Had a great start against the Kansas City Royals, and absolutely mowed down the New York Yankees at home two weeks ago. Seven innings pitch, seven Ks, and uh, just you know, kind of kind of a young guy who's trending up right now.
3: Yeah, Giants, I believe, signed Rodon one year deal. If I'm not mistaken, so uh, Rodon has an opportunity, I think, to hit free agency along with musgrove so a uh, good starting pitcher is going to be out there on the free agency market for sure all right let's go to catchers and infielders here gary sanchez of the twins he is priced at 3600 today on DraftKings. Ty france 4300 tommy edmund of the cardinals just uh, dropping like a rock in terms of price cardinals have struggled offensively 3300 max Muncy, i believe yesterday did he get on base five times did i see that without recording it out Forty two hundred and then Bo Bichette fifty four hundred today for the Jays.
4: Yeah, so Muncy is I think just an example of the pricing getting a little bit too a little bit too dynamic, right? You know, when guys I, I believe heading into yesterday, he had like a four for thirty stretch going and there was some talk of like, oh, you know, maybe maybe Jake Lamb is gonna be taking over for him or or something like that. Well, it's not gonna happen. I mean, Max Muncie is too good to go hitless for that long, had a great game against the st louis cardinals yesterday gary sanchez just uh i mean i i know the guy can't hit for batting average to save his life but this is still gary sanchez 10 home runs on the year just hit one uh last week and he has not he i suppose he has not been playing full time either they have their full complement of catchers and and dhs back in so he's only playing about four days a week right now our guy ty france he is really trying to make the uh, the All Star game, Craig. You know he's sitting there saying, "Guys, come on! A- Andrew Benintendi is in the All Star game, and I'm not in the All Star game. What are we? What are we doing here?" Uh, he's having he's having a great season, and I like this offensive environment for the Mariners. Same thing on Edmond, as with Muncie. I mean, I just think Edmond's a good player. I think the St. Louis Cardinals have a good offense that's just kind of in. You know, the teams, teams go through this, right? Uh, what did we say? We The Angels lost 14 games in a row with maybe the two best players of baseball on their roster. Like, teams just go through these slumps. It's no big deal. I think Edmund uh, will be back soon. And then I, I do like this spot. I mean, I think that the Toronto Blue Jays are just going to be crushing the Kansas City Royals for the next couple of days, right? Uh, Ten of their players not eligible to play. Uh, they have guys coming up from AAA to play. You know, like, they're just... I don't know. They might have, they might have a a fan come in and pitch the bottom of the ninth while they're down 10. I I think the blue Jays might score. Uh, I think, I think we might get some football scores in this series on the blue Jays side, because I think it was three of their relief pitchers are are out for this week. So they're really going to the bottom. So I I do really like the blue Jays.
3: Yeah. I think you have to a pretty big advantage. I would say in this series. All right, let's go over to the outfielders and Byron Buxton is going to be the highest priced player in this lineup on DK tonight, and he is at fifty six hundred. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., another Blue Jay, at thirty six hundred, and so Davis is going to go min price. Assume that Ryan O'Hearn is a breathing uh, fit, uh, body <laughs> in in Toronto uh, for Kansas City's two thousand.
4: Yeah, so Ryan O'Hearn, he is. I just know he is going to play right, so he is going to bat fifth for the Kansas City Royals here against Gaussman. Uh, if there is another minimum price player, and there probably should be, right? We have an 11-game slate here tonight. I would imagine there's going to be one or two other minimum-priced outfielders. But, I mean, look, uh, Ryan O'Hearn, power-hitting guy in in the Rogers Center, like, I've, I've definitely made worse plays in in my life, right? Uh, I do really like this spot for the Minnesota Twins against Cueto. Uh, I, I saw an insane statistic on Byron Buxton the other day. Something like 42% of his hits this season – Ben been home runs which is just insane mm-hmm. uh and I, I think i think that uh matches him up well against johnny cueto who is a uh, at this stage in his career a ground baller really trying to pitch the contact obviously if you were allowing byron buxton contact he is just going to get behind and pull that ball over the outfield wall and then as i mentioned as we were talking about the infield just i just think the blue jays are going to run roughshod over my kansas city royals in the roger center this week and guriel was uh was one of those guys who was struggling for a while, uh, and Oscar Hernandez, you know, was not coming back. But he's got his batting average up over three hundred now. He's got five home runs on the season. He has swiped uh, three bases. I mean, like he's he's kind of like um kind of like Toronto like a j. Pollock. like he's gonna do a little bit of everything with a good batting average, but he gets a good gets a good batting spot. You know, he's behind Matt Chapman there, so like Guriel tonight
3: let's let, let's go back to uh, we talked a little bit about Baltimore. Let's go to Seattle here. For a minute, Davis—they've won ten games in a row. Uh, We we know that they, you know, at the beginning of the season looked very legit, right? In April and May, and then just completely fell apart. And I I know part of their ten-game winning streak is the Nationals. It seems like everybody's winning streaks this season, Davis, are against the Nationals. Like all part of it. I think they beat them three or four times in a row. Miami beats beat them twelve out of thirteen. So you have to take all these things with a grain of salt. But I mean, Seattle gets Hanager back. They get Kyle Lewis back. They have some pretty decent pitching. I mean, I don't see them as a threat to Houston, but I suppose they could make the postseason with the extra team, right? I
4: mean, yeah, right now they are 47 and 42 without arguably their – Kyle Lewis is probably arguably their best player if you combine the value of his defense with the value – of his hitting. I mean, and, and Mitch Haniger, Mitch Haniger was a guy we were talking about a lot last season. Mm-hmm. I was using him all the time at DFS. Like he's a really good right-handed hitter. I mean, I think probably the issue that the Mariners would have is kind of the same issue that like, you know, that the Orioles have, um, you know, even, even some of these other American league teams, you know, non Yankees, non Astros division, is they just don't have the super high end top level talent right now. Now that matters the least in baseball compared to basketball or football or hockey, right? We're having one or two super, I mean, if you have one superstar in basketball, you can make a championship. If you have an amazing quarterback, you can make the Super Bowl. Like having the bet. I mean, look, look at the, look at the angels. They have maybe the two best players in baseball and they Mm -hmm. stink. So, but I, I do think in, you know, looking at a potential playoff run, you know, fighting for a wild card or even, even actually making the playoffs, like looking at the Mariners roster, who who is that super studly, you know, there's just nothing you can do with this guy, guy on their team. And they just don't really have one.
3: Maybe Julio Rodriguez. That would, that would be the, thing I, mean, you I know don't what? know. You're
4: right. You're right. Yeah. It could be him.
3: Yeah. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, by the way, uh, along with Jose Ramirez, uh, yesterday committing to the home run derby on Monday night. I, is the field, uh, done now? I, I think, I think maybe there's one more spot. Oh, it is done. Okay. So that's it. All right. So Julio Rodriguez, along with Jose Ramirez. Uh, there's some crazy numbers on the age of Pujols versus the age of Julio Rodriguez. I think he was like, wasn't like was born when he started playing or something insane like that. But it should be a lot of fun Monday night in Los Angeles. And uh, hoping to be there, and we'll tell you all about it next week. I am headed to Los Angeles tomorrow. All right, coming up next, time for us to talk some fantasy football. We'll get into some more buy low candidates. Today we're focused on the running back position, so stay on the grid. Be right back. welcome back to fantasy sports today here on sports grid craig Nish, davis Matic here with you 11 a.m to 12 p.m eastern every monday through friday right here on sports grid and sportsgrid.com all right davis fantasy football season fast approaching we covered wide receiver by low candidates earlier in the week let's take a look at some running backs here on the show today and let's start off with oh boy this is a tough one the philadelphia eagles because it seems to me that regardless of who the head coach is in philadelphia you can't ever figure out who they're going to run the ball with. Last year it was Sanders. It was, I think, Howard at one point, Boston Scott, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but let, let's let's talk about Miles Sanders here, who last year rushed for 754 yards. He caught 28 balls for 158 receiving yards. At this point, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of people feeling like he's going to be reliable going into the season. But what I would say is that the likelihood of him having more than no touchdowns this season, I, I, I've got to think that there's some... You know, some basically addition to that number at the end of the year, two, three, four. I don't know. It's got to be better than zero, right?
4: I mean, it would be it would be insane for him to get as unlucky in the touchdown department as he uh, as he was last season. Miles Sanders second on the team in rushing attempts, of course, behind Jalen Hurts. Uh, one hundred and thirty nine rushing attempts for Hurts, one hundred and thirty seven for Miles Sanders. Ten rushing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts, seven touchdowns for Boston Scott, three rushing touchdowns for Jordan Howard six touchdowns for kenneth gainwell gainwell uh only had 101 touches on the season howard only had 88 boston scott only had 100 yet add all those touchdowns up i mean the team was one of the most effective rush rushing touchdown teams in the entire nfl right you know the the combined stat lines of miles sanders jordan howard and kenneth gainwell would have made them you know uh, christian mccaffrey basically right right um so I think there I think there's definitely the temptation to look at Miles Sanders and be like this guy is so disappointing. It's like every season you think he's going to do it and he never does. He came on late in his rookie year and was really really good late in his rookie season and then in 2020, you know, he had 1000 yards, he had six touchdowns, but he was banged up, he came back in, he he wasn't he wasn't catching the ball and the Eagles were just a super disappointing season that team uh, or that season in general. You know what? I am buying low, and I'm mostly buying low because, one, I I, I think he will probably score like seven touchdowns this year with good luck. But, two, I just think the Eagles are probably going to be pretty good on offense. A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Hurts. I just think they're going to have a lot of opportunities to score touchdowns and sustain long drives.
3: Yeah, it it would seem to me that Sanders has got to be a little bit of a bounce back. It's just, you know, everyone was just so in love with him a couple of years ago. Hasn't really produced what uh, most people thought. But again, you're right. That's luck, having no touchdowns whatsoever on the season. All right, let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And naturally, we never got a chance to see who I think we're going to get a chance to see this year in Travis Etienne, who was taken very high by the Jaguars last year. But new coaching staff this year, no doubt. Uh, James Robinson, who uh, produced last year eight touchdown uh, total, along with 31 receptions, 222 yards, and seven touchdowns. 167 rushing yards and uh, davis i I believe you were off him last year so that proved to be correct uh he did not produce the season that most people thought when he was being drafted essentially as like a back-end rb1 rb2 where is he going this year and uh what's his injury status by the way
4: yeah, so he's going way late this year. You know, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth round. Uh, people are, are are I think, rightfully not that excited about him. And I think the main reason they are not that excited about him, I mean, one, the injury. He is not. He was not available for minicamp. So Travis Etienne was there mm-hmm. at uh, at minicamp. My guess, though, is that the team actually does want James Robinson <clears throat> to be involved because he proved himself to be pretty good at pass protection, you know, keeper keeping Trevor Lawrence from, you know, getting getting knocked off his back and and things like that. But clearly ETN, the more explosive, the better player, the offense is going to be better when ETN is on the field. And I I wonder honestly if if he is even going to be ready by game 1. You know, I kind of think Cam Akers gave us a uh like a false sense of security with achilles injuries right because he was able to come back in i i think what amounted to about seven months from his achilles injury but generally speaking for running backs specifically achilles injuries have been like that's it yeah i mean you might not not only will you not be the same but you might never play football again because it saps you of so much athleticism and um they also have this guy snoop connor fifth round draft pick i mean that's probably who is going to be playing week one if James if James Robinson is not ready. But I will say, if he is on the field week one, he probably is going to end up looking like a good fantasy football pick because ETN is just not going to get 300 touches his first season. There's no way.
3: Yeah, no, it doesn't seem like that. Uh, receptions will probably be a tick up for ETN. I would hope, uh, you know, maybe he was f- fantastic at uh, at Clemson, but we will see what he ends up doing in his first first full season in the NFL. All right, now. The last one we're going to talk about here, Davis, I don't know. You're going to have to sell me on this one because, my gosh, the drop-off has been so significant from Detroit to New York in Kenny Galladay. And last year, was he the single biggest free agent bust in the NFL? at Wide receiver, maybe. 37 receptions, 521 yards, 76 targets. I mean, that's not horrible, I guess, but no touchdowns. And obviously, I know that Davis going into the season, when I look up at the end of the season... Galladay is going to have two touchdowns at least, you know, I mean, I think I would think he's got two, um, but my gosh, man, like he has just completely fallen off and, and the quarterback, he's not great there either. So what, what, what makes you think that he could bounce back a little bit?
4: Uh, nothing, nothing. I'm, I, I though I really don't like Kenny Galladay. I think he is a, a bad stylistic fit for Daniel Jones. I think he was a much better stylistic fit in Detroit when he was playing with matthew stafford um you know daniel jones is uh he likes to extend the play you know so i guess maybe if galladay does end up being successful the way i could see it is if he ends up being the recipient of some of those daniel jones scrambles or if they really throw the ball to him a ton in the red zone but galladay is not you know this super precise route runner a guy who's going to go sit and find the space in the zone which is what i think a lot of this brian dable read and react offense is going to be based off of the the Giants guys that I'm bullish on are your guy Kadarius Tony from of course the University of Florida. Uh, I I mean nothing would surprise me with Tony. You know he could be kicked off the team or traded or whatever, but I think he is the right bet to be making on this Giants offense. And then uh, kind of funny that we both have like our little our, our favorite players here. You really like Tony. I really like Wandale Robinson, who was drafted in the second round out of the University of Kentucky. He played at uh, he played at Nebraska before. That was actually recruited as a running back despite being five seven one seventy, Um, yeah, I did. I honestly, it's, it's one of these situations where I know the numbers and the analytics don't back me up that much, but I just know that Wandale is a good football player. Like I just, I, I and, and, you know, not to mention they still have Sterling Shepard who is coming back from a lower body injury over the off season and Darius Slayton. So it's like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys who I think can get on the field for the giants and Galladay is just not a guy who demands that level of workload like he just is not he's not he's not going to pay off his salary really is, is what the deal is
3: am, am i crazy to think he feels like he's a guy that could get cut or is that not possible with with the cap number
4: so i think that it is not going to be possible because of the way his contract is structured you know a lot a lot of the times these deals are done in such a way to make sure the guys are are not getting cut because mm. uh, And I actually hate the way that this works in the NFL. I think it would be more fun if the dead cap numbers worked differently. We'd see way more player for player trades, right? Like, you know, Kenny Galladay could be traded for Michael Thomas or whatever. But So Kenny Galladay's number right now is $21 million against the cap. But were he to be cut or traded, he would cost $31 million against the cap. And they have an out in his contract after next season for only six million dollars so my guess is that is what they would be looking at is they'll do this year with him they'll do next year with him and then they will cut him or move on from him as he enters into his age 31 season
3: yeah it's it's crazy to think that a few years ago he was one of those guys in fantasy that people were taking fourth fifth round thinking that he could produce first round numbers but you're right it was a lot about the quarterback stafford was there in detroit um you know clearly at, at this point i don't know it it just feels like to me this is a situation where regardless of the talent davis uh gm coach this is not their guy you know like th- this is the guy left over from totally from what was in new york and so i just i don't see a strong feature uh, there for sure uh by the way um you know as far as like fantasy football season like best balls like uh anything noteworthy over the last couple of weeks of drafting players on the rise fall i know we only have two minutes so
4: well, you know, uh, there are a couple interesting guys right now. Uh, Gabriel Davis is is sort of like the big lightning rod in the fantasy football um, community yeah. right now. There was a there was a report yesterday from his trainer that he's up to two hundred and twenty seven pounds. Uh, his ahead. combine weight was two ten, so that's kind of interesting. Like, uh, you know, is that does that mean he's planning on playing more snaps? Is he going to be playing outside primarily? Uh, that's actually probably good for his fantasy value because that means that he's not going to have to leave the field when Jameson Crowder or Isaiah McKenzie are on the field. So that's, that's sort of interesting. Uh, there was a report from Nick Underhill, the beat writer for the athletic for the new Orleans saints that everything he's hearing on Michael Thomas is really positive and really good. I mean, we just have not heard anything about, I mean, guys not played in two years. We have no idea what's going on with this guy, but the Saints are like this huge question mark because they have all these great defensive players, no idea what they're getting out of quarterback, no idea what they're getting out of Michael Thomas. They have a new head coach for the first time in a decade, just like a weird team for sure.
3: Yeah, no, definitely so. Not a lot to talk about them. I think you're right. So that's a team we'll follow in training camp here for you as our fantasy football coverage Certainly is going to kick into full gear as we close out the month of July and August as well. All right, stay on the grid. Coming up next, we got Fantasy or Reality and then the Sports Grid 60. And then I will be right back here with you at 2 o'clock Eastern for another edition of Newswire. Also coming up at the top of the hour, it is the early line with Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside. So make sure you stay tuned to that as well. Got live programming for you all day long. Lots of Major League Baseball uh, action as well, starting in about 30 minutes
4: here in Miami. we be right back.
0: Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor
5: Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
4: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory
5: that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
3: Welcome back to fantasy sports today here on sports grid. Make sure you are following us on social media, on Twitter at sports grid and at sports grid TV for the latest news, notes, information, picks against the spread. And if you have a question that you want us to answer on fantasy or reality, tag us fantasy or reality hashtag at sports grid at sports grid TV. And maybe we will use it today here on the show. So Davis big weekend ahead. After one day, we're going to figure out where we stand here on the Open Championship, and uh, I mean, I guess that's going to consume a lot of your time this weekend, huh?
4: Yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be locked in. Actually, playing a little bit of golf myself this weekend, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, the Open Championship. I mean, it's the best. It's at St Andrews. It's on right when you wake up. You know, I it's, you you can't ask any better than and and the weather you know, over in, uh, over in London, or I guess it's, I guess it's in Scotland actually. So it's, uh, it's all gonna, it's all gonna play out uh, pretty good over there. And Rory got off to a good start six under par. So anytime I, I, I start a major with a Rory round well under par, I'm feeling good. Then I know I'm going to be locked in and paying attention for the rest of the week at a bare minimum.
3: Is Bryson your guy, old guy playing in this one or or he's still hurt? I forgot. I don't know. No, he is
4: Bryson. Uh, so bryson is in he's three under he was uh, of course you know complaining on the greens he's got his stupid i i'm i'm over i'm so over bryson oh, like on. the guy the guy i i I, I'd lo- I loved him for a while and then he just he became so obnoxious to watch craig i mean just taking forever on every shot and complaining yeah. it was the honestly it was a lot of the stuff i didn't like about speed just the constant complaining and taking forever to uh to hit a shot but a lot a lot of the live guys are are, well uh, most of the live guys who are qualified are playing in this and uh not not doing so hot right turns out turns out to be good at professional golf you need to be practicing your golf instead of trying to play 12 events a year
3: yeah maybe so all right time for a little fantasy or reality Well, Davis, you know the college football season is fast approaching when they have the conference media days. Uh, That's usually the first notice that this is coming fast and furious. Late August will be the first college football games played here in 2022. So we're almost upon it. Now, in a few years, Texas and Oklahoma are going to be leaving the Big 12 and going to the Power Southeastern Conference. And yesterday, the head coach of Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy, sort of took a little shot asking why texas and oklahoma are still at the uh the media days and uh, still sitting in the big 12 fantasy reality davis the longhorns and Sooners should be kicked out of the big 12 meetings
4: yeah no of course of course this is a fantasy i mean they're still in the big 12 for i think two more years um so yeah this would be this would be ridiculous i mean and and you know like as an oklahoma fan who grew up loving like only knowing the big 12 loving i you know i remember when colorado was in was in the big 12 right i remember i remember oklahoma playing playing there and of course you know i think one of the biggest travesties of of all of this is that oklahoma nebraska one of the most historic college football rivalries that they don't play anymore uh but yeah no mike mike gundy i mean mike gundy is the worst right like i i don't think i have ever heard a mike gundy soundbite and been like you know what That guy sounds like a calm, rational, level-headed, intelligent guy. I know he's got the great, I'm a man, I'm 40 soundbite, so he's got that going for him. But I hate Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy is a loser. Mike Gundy, you know, his entire career has finished second or third place in the Big 12. So he should actually, like, I I actually would understand why he's really excited to get Oklahoma out of his conference because he might finally, you know, be able to win win something. So, but uh, yeah, I got fantasy. I disagree with Gundy here.
3: Yeah, uh, funny comment though, by the way, from Gundy. Yeah, I mean, I, I could understand being a rival. Not he is funny. Him, he he does have good sound bites. He does. Ha- I I gotta give him that. He does really good sound bites. Uh, so yeah, I mean, come on, this is a fantasy. This is just sports. It's life. I mean, we have NILs. We have basically college football free agency at this point. Why should anybody be surprised that this is getting set up like the NFL? I mean, this is where we're headed. There's going to be two conferences, everyone on the totally. East and everybody on the West, and then playing 12 teams. It's going to be a playoffs. I mean, we're, we're headed there. So Gundy probably just a little sour that he's not invited to the SEC, and I get it. And by the way, I, I would tell, I would say this. Oklahoma State has every bit as a, as a claim to go as Texas does. I mean, te- what does Texas prove? Oh, yeah. Other Texas being, stinks, too. I mean, yeah, I mean Texas just proving to be very popular and everybody likes them. That's fine, but in terms of success, not a lot. So, they should not be kicked out though. I mean, come on. Just just get over it, get through it. A couple teams will move to the Big 12 and then in 10 years we'll have this super college football thing where we're going to this is all going to be irrelevant at this point. All right, let's move on to some Major League Baseball. We got the news yesterday that 10 Kansas City Royals are not going to be playing in Toronto because of rules in Canada about vaccination laws. And naturally, there's going to be a couple of players on that list who could have potentially been trade targets. In fact, more than two, maybe three, four, five guys. Royals are not having a good season. One of them is all-star Andrew Benatendi, who is expected to be dealt at the trade deadline. He'll be a free agent at the end of the season and probably get a pretty good contract, I would guess, too. Fantasy reality, the Royals, Davis, won't be able to trade Andrew Benatendi at the deadline because of this vaccination stuff.
4: No fantasy, they will. I mean, the main team that was, uh, I, I believe Heyman had this, the main team that was kind of interested in trading for him was the New York Yankees, who definitely do not want to acquire a non-vaccinated player. I think they have uh, two series left in Canada against the Blue Jays and then might, of course, have the game against them in the American League playoffs. But I was looking over at the National League because obviously uh, the only the only reason a National League team would be going to Canada would be in the world series and there are actually a couple teams that could use a left-handed outfielder um the the Mets could definitely use a, a left-handed you know just kind of mm-hmm. a utility outfielder a guy who could play in any corner now they might have their sights set higher than Andrew Benintendi they might want it they might want someone who's better than him I mean Ben hey he's an all-star right you know when when uh when the when the Royals get on the phone they'll be able to say he's an all-star and then I was also thinking you know the braves could probably use uh because c- you know they have duval to use him against left-handed starting pitching but benintendi would be the platoon but i think actually the answer there is to just promote michael thomas from batting ninth and bat michael thomas or michael harris rather uh to bat michael harris like sixth instead of ninth so that probably solves their problem but this is a long way of saying there's absolutely a team that will acquire andrew benintendi and in fact you know, knowing the way that the uh, the business of baseball works, they're going to use this to drive the cost down. They're going to be like, well, you know, the Yankees were going to give you X, Y, and Z, but now the Yankees are out, so we're going to give you a bag of balls, you know, forty thousand dollars cash, and a player to be named later for Andrew Benintendi.
3: Yeah, I, I think uh, fantasy for me too, and and again, this may go right down to the deadline on this player, though. I mean, maybe that's the yeah. difference here is that you got to kind of wait to see this play out to the end. But you, you mentioned there, there's a lot of other teams out there as, as possibilities. I mean, San Diego, you're kidding me with the way Grisham has played. You put Ben Attendee in center, and that solves your problem. Like, there's there's going to be some team out there that's going to be willing to make this trade. Uh, Merrifield a little bit more dicey, of course, because of his age. But, but Ben Attendee will be on the move. He'll be somewhere else. He'll get a good contract even in the offseason. He's resurrected his career, basically. In, in Kansas City, I know that there were teams interested in him and there have been teams interested in him, Davis, for the last couple of years. So I, I think Benatendi ends up at San Diego. That would be my guess. And, and you're right, National League. It's got to be National League. You, you cannot take this risk in the American League and maybe play Toronto and have your general manager standing doing an interview going, oh, we didn't know. I mean, come on, you do know. Um, and a worse look, by the way, was if these guys would get vaccinated for the playoffs. That would be crazy, too.
4: That's what what right. said. That's what Wit said. I just I wit I I I cannot I cannot do this with Wit. Like like being a like if you're gonna be a Royals player, you gotta you gotta kind of commit to being on the team, right? Because they're not very good, right? And so a lot of the a lot of the good players on bad Royals teams over the years have just steered into the skid of being a Royal. And this whole thing with Wit is basically him saying like I'm I'm better than you guys. Like I'm better than being a Royal. It's so obnoxious to me.
3: Yeah, very very tough. And, and definitely not good if they move on and then get vaccinated just shows no respect for the team. That's for sure. All right, uh, a reboot of the Munsters. Now the Munsters was a TV show, I believe in the 50s and 60s, if I'm not mistaken, black and white show. And uh, very funny, by the way, ahead of its time in terms of being on and then naturally they had the Munster movies. That were also very popular too, and now Rob Zombie is doing a reboot of the Munsters, and he's calling it even a prequel. I don't know how this would even work, but it definitely leads us to believe that this is a fair question that we could ask here on the show. A lot of nostalgia, as Davis talks about, comes back. People watch it. Fantasy reality, Davis. You will watch the Munsters movie.
4: Yeah, this is uh, this is a fantasy. I will not. Uh, I will not be watching the Munsters movies because I don't have the nostalgia for it uh you know the the movies the shows that would have been on uh like this this just skipped me might have honestly i'm wondering if this kind of skipped everyone like 25 to 30 because i don't i don't think there was anything on tv i i actually think my generation has more memories of the adams family i think there was an adams family show on maybe on like Mm -hmm. nickelodeon or disney i don't remember what channel it was on but i would have i would have more nostalgia be more likely to watch because i think the monsters was more like the 70s and the 80s is that right craig
3: uh i I mean i i think i think it was 60s 70s maybe even i'm not even i mean you may be right i don't know you're right i do get those mixed up that's a good point um yeah i mean this is something that if it pops streaming somewhere i may hit the play button but as far as going no there's like no chance of of this happening whatsoever but I, i would say that I was a fan of this show. So I think it is I I I thought it was pretty cool and, and I did see I did look a little deeper into the article and thought, like, what could this possibly be as far as a prequel is concerned? But in terms of popularity, I think you hit it. The Addams family, because they had those movies, I'm gonna I'm gonna basically say those yeah. were in the nineties, it feels like. Because of yes. that, yeah, I, I feel like more people probably remember the Addams family. But but the Munsters basically davis was a tv show that if like if you had to ask me like when what are your memories from watching this show it basically was why am i at home during the day during the week and watching the monsters something must have happened i didn't go to school i didn't go to camp i was just like home as a kid and uh, and it was just on like 11 a.m on some channel and i was like okay i'll just watch the monsters because that's what you did at the time there was only three three four channels to watch and that's, that's uh, my get-off-my-lawn, uh, back-in-my-day conversation. All right, coming up next, is time for the Sports Grid 60. So stay on the grid for that. And then we turn it over to the early line coming up here at the top of the hour. Uh, next week, here are on the show. Just as uh, a little programming note, Davis will still be in the house with us next week. Thank goodness. And I'll be taking a few days off to go to the Major League Baseball All-Star Game in Los Angeles. So I will be off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. And I'll be back with you guys again on Thursday thursday on a fantasy sports today uh davis uh, do you have any quick any idea on the home run derby I, maybe we could touch on this tomorrow but i, I assume you're not going to pick julio rodriguez because this is his first time i assume you're not going to pick albert pujols because this is his last time so it's got to be somewhere in the middle and any of these new guys in it that you have any inclination for jose ramirez acuna
4: I Acuña I think doesn't have like the the sheer raw power for it. Like I I would be I would be surprised to see him crank out a ton. Like it, assuming that Alonso has the same BP guy, I'm going with right. him. Now now I yeah. I believe he works for a different team now, not with the Mets anymore, but if Alonso has the same yeah, Okay, Brett is confirming. I got Alonso even as the favorite. I got to do it. Guy's too good at it.
3: All right. Should have odds posted tomorrow on the FanDuel Sportsbook. We'll take a quick time out here on the show. And we'll be back with the Sports Grid next, so stay on the grid. Don't go away. Be right back.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: welcome back to fantasy sports today as we end the show we got the sports grid 60 coming up one quick note in major league baseball the los angeles angels have called up prospect joe adele and uh, designated monte harrison for assignment there is speculation that adele will play every day for the rest of the season which they should have been doing to figure him out for a long time now it's turned over to davis time for the sports grid 60
4: All right, so we are getting to the uh, the trail end here of the dead period of the NFL offseason. And uh, one thing that is happening that is very cool to me, I didn't end up watching very much of the USFL, but it has been very cool to me to see some of the guys who played in spring football sign NFL contracts, right? It's uh, I mean, it's one of the things we love about sports, watching guys' dreams come true, uh, giving these guys a chance to make the 53-man roster. So... Uh- I will continue to support it in theory, even if, uh, even if I'm not watching it. Cause I do, I do love seeing these stories.
3: All right. Let's uh, end the show here with a little NBA. I didn't discuss much NBA today. Uh, yesterday on the show, Davis said he wouldn't be surprised if Donovan Mitchell was moved to the New York Knicks. And then after the show yesterday, Shams was reporting that the New York Knicks are one of the teams that Donovan Mitchell could end up with. So, Look, Mitchell is uh, one of the, obviously, the top target and unbelievable talent in the NBA. Uh, Remains to be seen if the Knicks can get this done, but boy, if they can, this certainly would change around their franchise. And by the way, what in the world is Utah doing? Boy, they are tearing it down, uh, lottery style. I mean, this is a team that's probably going to end up losing 60 games, I would say, uh, in nba next season all right that'll do it for our show today thanks again to our friends over at ltn and our graphics department for sure danny and ryan our producers today as always is brett levy my co-host is davis matic i'm greg mish i'll be back with you guys at two o'clock eastern for newswire enjoy the early line it's coming up next and i will speak to you soon and if you are gone for the day have a great day and we'll see you again on friday 11 o'clock eastern for another edition of fantasy sports today